Thank you, um, everyone. Um, thank you for, for joining us. For those of you who are uh, join us um, maybe late in the program, um, welcome again. Uh, at this point in time, we're going to go uh, right into the, our passage of Scripture tonight, and we're going to have um, Ethan read for us. Uh, we had someone else that was going to read the passage of uh, Scripture tonight for us, but we had some problems with the video, and so we're going to have Ethan read that uh, passage that we read uh, again last week. And we are continuing from where we left off. This is part two of that message that I preached last week. So, Ethan, um, over to you. A woman from Samaria came to drink water, came to draw water. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy the food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dwelling with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is and who it is that is saying this to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you the living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst again. The water in, the, in, in him, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband, and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you know, and the one you now have, is not your husband. We have what you have said is true. The woman said to him, "Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship." Jesus said to her, "Woman, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father." You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must, must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who... I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was speaking with a woman, but no one asked, What do you seek, or why are you talking with her? Thank you, Ethan. Uh, please join me uh, in a word of prayer tonight for the word. Um, Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is truly a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, we remember the words of the, psalmist, of, of, of the psalmist David, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I will not sin against you. And so precious is your word to us today, Lord. So dear is your word to us. And Father, we pray that your word, Father, as, as it is being heard tonight, God, will minister to every heart and every life that are listening. Wherever they are, Father, we pray that you will take hold of everything, God, that is going to be said and done tonight. Lord, um, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our salvation. And Lord, whatever is there that is standing as a hindrance from us receiving your word, we ask, Lord, that you will remove it. Lord, that you will pull it down, that you will render it powerless. And God, that you will open up the ears and the hearts of your people to receive your word. And so we give you praise and give you honor and give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This week we are going to continue, like I said earlier on, with part two of, the, of Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well, which is the woman of Samaria. Last week we looked at several things, and I'll just go through them quickly, and then I'll go right into my, my sermon tonight. Um, several things that we looked at last week is the reason for Jesus leaving Judea. And someone um, asked me this week, can I show the map of uh, what, what, where Jesus uh, was going from Judea to, 
to Galilee and he had to pass through Samaria. So I'm just going to ask Ezra to bring up that map very quickly. And um, you can take a look, as you can see, um, uh, Judea is in the south, um, Galilee is in the north, and Samaria is in the middle. And Jesus is taking the shorter route there. Um, other Jews were, were, the Jews were taking the longer route east of what we see here tonight, um, that you're looking at the map. Um, so um, that, is how, that is what they, that's the route they were using to avoid the Samaritans and not to go through Samaria. So Jesus took the shortest route and the Jews usually takes a longer route all the way through Pereira. So Ezra, thank you for sharing that. And last week, we, like I said, we, we, we looked at the reason why Jesus was leaving uh, Judea and why he must go through Samaria. Um, and, 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 and the word of God in Luke 19 verse 10, 10 tells us that for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. And that's exactly why Jesus must, must go to Samaria was to reach with this woman of Samaria. We also look at the difference between, the, the contrast between Nicodemus and the Samaritan woman. Um, and we, we, we saw many things that Nicodemus was rich, religious, and um, was very respectful. The woman was an outcast, was rejected, and um, she had no education. Um, we also looked at the humanity of Jesus Christ, that he came to the world, he was tired, it was hot, um, and it was a sunny day, he was thirsty, and, and as he saw the woman uh, coming to the well, as she came, he asked her for a drink of water, and the conversation continues from there on. We also look at the hostility between the relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans. We touched on that a little. Um, unlike, unlike Nicodemus, the woman, woman of Samaria, I want to say this again, had no knowledge of who God is or who Jesus Christ is. So when she came to this well, she never met him before. She never encountered him before like Nicodemus. And she never heard about him. So it was the very first time that she met him and she never knew who she was. But he knew her heart and he knew um, where she was in her relationship. Not only with God, but in a relationship with her community. See, um, she was not seeking Jesus. It was Jesus who took the time to reach to her, her, and that is that is the beauty of this story story tonight. And I I just give God praise and thanks that we can continue this story because it's a beautiful uh, conversation between Jesus and the woman. There's so much truth that is packed in this story, and I wanna I wanna bring some of those truths out tonight, especially that 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 about worship and who God is and the true worship. So tonight we're going to stay focused on, on the remaining conversation um, and, and see where the Lord leads us tonight. So why, why is this story so important? Like I said last week is that it reinforces that Jesus is the Messiah or the Christ, the anointed one. It also demonstrates Jesus' love for all people, all of humanity. It, dem it demonstrates God's grace, God's love and God's compassion for everyone. And most importantly, that true worship can only come from knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and as your Savior. And he will declare that he will make that known to the woman at the very end of, 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 our, of, of, our, of the discussion here tonight or my message tonight. So let's continue from where we left off last week. Last week we left off at, at verse 7 and it says here in verse 7 that when a Samaritan woman came to draw water Jesus said to her will you give me a drink and at this point in time his disciples had had gone into the town to buy food then the Samaritan woman turned to him and said in verse 9 and said to him you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman how can you ask me for a drink for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Basically what she is saying, you're a Jew asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink. There are several things that is wrong with this story. One, I'm a woman, we're not supposed to be talking, especially if I'm alone. You, a man, you, a Jew. And then why are you, and you are also a Jew asking me for a drink. So basically what she was saying to Jesus, what is really wrong with you? If there is one thing that Jews were not allowed to do was to share any utensils with Samaritans. And we touched on that last week. But this is where we continue this story this week. And Jesus responded to her. And he said, and he answered her, the Bible says, 
if you knew, if you, he said to the woman, if you knew the gift of God, and I want us to pause there and listen to exactly what Jesus is saying. If you knew the gift of God. And who is it that is saying to you, give me a drink? You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus drew her attention to three things. Three things that are key to, to our salvation, key to anyone who come to faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to take a moment to just go through them. These are not three point um, parts of my message tonight. I'm just going to touch on the three things in that one verse that Jesus mentioned to this woman. See, everyone who comes to faith in Jesus Christ must come to, to, to the knowledge of knowing who Jesus Christ is. And that's exactly what Jesus was saying. If you knew the gift of God, and who is it that is asking you? So when we come, we must come with that knowledge of knowing who God is. And then ask him or seek him for forgiveness or for this living water that Jesus is saying. So the first thing he said, if you knew the gift of God. Now when we turn to Romans chapter 6 verse 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God, this free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Some translation, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I want to say this tonight that Jesus Christ is this free gift that God gives to humanity. And that's what Jesus Christ is saying. If you knew the gift of God. This gift of God is offered to everyone. This gift of God is eternal life. It is salvation that God gives to each and every one of us who come to faith in Jesus Christ. The second thing that Jesus said, who is it? Who is it? You would have asked, who is it? Who is he? And he would have given you living water. It is only through Jesus Christ that we can receive salvation. There is no other way. John, John 7 and verse 30, 37 says this. On the day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. But the 38th verse says, Whoso, whoever believes in me. Whoever believes in me and the scripture, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. See, what Jesus has to offer is greater than just a cup of water. And that's what Jesus was saying to her. And that's why he offered her living water. Not only that she come to the knowledge of knowing him, but that he will give her living water. means that the Holy Spirit will... The Holy Spirit will be actively at work in and through her life. This living water that Jesus spoke to this woman. When we look at Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13, it says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the, the fountain of living water. And here we see a repeat of the word living water. And, the, and Jeremiah continued, it says, not only they, if they, if they have, because they have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, I am God, says, is the fountain of living water, and you have forsaken me. And hewn out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns, cisterns that can hold no water. And that's what they seek after, that's what they go after. And Jeremiah will declare that then in John 7, we read here again, Jesus said, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And verse 39 says, now this he said about the spirit, whom those who believe in him were to receive, for as yet the spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And the woman turned to, her, turned to Jesus and said, okay, sir, I mean, Jesus is telling her about living water. He was telling her if she knew who it is and the gift of God. And yet she could not understand that she didn't grasp that. She says, sir, 
You have nothing to draw water with. You have nothing to draw water with. And the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Where? She says, first of all, you're asking me for water. Then you're telling me about living water. But you have nothing to draw water with. I'm the one with the bucket. The well is deep. Where do you get that living water from? Where are you going to draw it from? You're the one that is asking me for a drink. You see, at this point in time, there is curiosity now for the living water in the woman. So she, she's now trying to understand and she's very curious about this living water. Here's what she is saying to Jesus. If you can offer me living water, I don't have to come here again. I don't have to come to this well again. You see, Jesus was making reference to spiritual things while this woman was looking at the physical and the temporal. She's thinking, well, I don't have to come here. Give me this water, this living water that you're talking about. I mean, it's, it's a similar story, similar to what Jesus said to Nicodemus. And then Nicodemus, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus says, should I enter my mother's womb and be born again? And that's, that's basically what the woman is saying here. I mean, you have nothing to show me where to get that water. You see, the well that a woman is referring to is Jacob's well. And we read that earlier in the passage. You see, Jacob bought this piece of land. Jacob bought this piece of land from Shechem, Shechem's father. And Genesis chapter 33 verse 19 is going to tell us that. And from the sons of Hamar, Shechem's father, he bought a hundred pieces of money. For a hundred pieces of money, the piece of land on which he had pitched his tent. And it also Jacob uh, um, built, uh, dug this well. See the, see, the beauty of these biblical narratives, brothers and sisters, is that there is archaeological evidences to provide their existence. Today you can still visit Jacob's well. The place is not, the place is, the place called Sychar cannot be found if you look for it today. But we do know, one thing we do know, that the, that the land that Jacob bought is in Shechem, which is known today as Tel Balata. And that exists today. And the well is located, the well today that the woman is talking about and Jesus encountered with her is located in a Greek Orthodox church at Nebulus, which is located in the West Bank. This, this church, the, the church that the, that the well is in, is, was built in 380, way back. In Jesus in, in those days so it was not built today it was built over hundreds of centuries ago so I asked Ezra to put a piece uh, an image of what that well looks like today and it's not the kind of well we would imagine it's not this big open well it's just a small piece of a hole but you have water comes up there every single time and if you are looking at the image there, you can see what the world looks like today. That's just a picture and you can even Google it and you will see it. It is said that this well here was about 135 foot deep. It was the deepest well or one of the deepest well dug in the Old Testament times. And over the years, due to debris and erosion and all sort of thing, they are assuming that this well is about between 75 and 100 feet still deep so what was special about this well is that the water that is drawn from the well is always soft and it's always light so what, what the woman may have thought that Jesus was talking about physical water and she says you have nothing to draw that's why she's referencing you have nothing to draw where would you get this water from because she knows she has the bucket and she have what it takes to get the water and then Jesus turned to the woman and said, Whosoever drink of this water shall thirst again. I mean, looking at the well, 
Whosoever drink of this water shall thirst again. But whoever, whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That's the water that Jesus was talk, is making reference to. The woman, basically what Jesus was saying, woman, you will drink from this well today. And you will have to come again tomorrow and you will have to come again the next day and you will have to come for the rest of your life because this well will never satisfy. It is only temporary. It cannot and will not satisfy you no matter how long you drink from it. And the same goes for us today, brothers and sisters. The material things of this world will never satisfy. We, can, we, we will keep going to our grocery stores over and over and over again and we'll need more and more things. We will run out and we'll go buy more food and we'll store up. But it will only last for a time. You see, the answer is not in the physical or the material things of this world. That's why Jesus says, if you drink of this well, you will thirst again. Yet again, brothers and sisters, in, in, yet again in our day and age, we are made to believe that material things, are, material things are what matters. Our world today is about the latest, the greatest, the best, the fastest, and the biggest. It's about what we can accomplish and what we can gain, what we can see physically many times or most of the times with our hands, what we can acquire. I read an article just this week ago and it says that the problem with our society, and I'll quote, the problem with our society is not that it values material things too much, but that it doesn't value them enough. Now you can look this up. End of quote. The problem with our society is not that it values material things too much, but that it doesn't value them enough. Contrary to what Jesus is teaching, contrary to what, the, what, the, what, what Jesus said, wrote in, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, he says, Lay not, lay not up for yourself, brothers and sisters, treasure upon earth where moth and rust do corrupt. And where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust do corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. Contrary to what we just read from what, the, what, what we read there just now. And Jesus is saying we should not lay up treasures on earth. Where, 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 where it's going to be destroyed, where it's going to be corrupt, where thief is going to break in. But lay up treasures in heaven where nothing of these things can destroy it. For where your treasure is there, where, where your heart will be also. The Bible says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? It's like the rich man in the, in, 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 in the gospel. The Bible says he had a great year of, of harvest. And he break down the, the, the smaller barns and he build, build bigger barns. And he says, I have much laid up. Much laid up. Eat, drink, and be merry. You see, he got security and he felt all of what he had is security. But then the Bible says, death knocks at the door. What will it profit a man if he gains his whole world and loses his soul? Our world tells us the opposite. Love it. To go after it. Spend your entire life only for everything that the world has to offer. We will always want more and more and more. Because it will never be enough. And when, enough is it, when would enough be enough? Enough would never be enough if we go after material things. And that's what Jesus has said. If you drink of this well, you will thirst again. 
You see, what Jesus has to offer will last for eternity. It will satisfy you today, tomorrow, and for all eternity. Jesus not only came to offer himself, but what he talks about is this living water. Because he is the everlasting. And he is the only one that satisfies. It is through the power of the Holy Spirit that we will never thirst again. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 7 and verse 38, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This living water, brothers and sisters, is the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit that brings a person to faith in Jesus Christ. And it is the Holy Spirit that will offer salvation to every sinner. Because it's only Jesus satisfies. If you drink of this well, you will thirst again. But a water that I will give you, you will never thirst. And then the woman looked at him and says, Sir, sir, give me this water that I, I, that I thirst not. Neither come here, neither come hither to draw again. The woman, in desperation, despite not fully grasping, not fully grasping what Jesus was talking about, was looking for a quick way out of her problems of our situation. Because she knew that she was an outcast. She knew that she was rejected religiously, socially. She was a nobody. That is the reason why she was at the, at the well alone, because no one wants to go with her. And here she's saying to Jesus, Give me this water that I thirst not. I don't want to come here again and again and again if there is something that can ease me from this. Basically what she was saying that I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of the rejection. I'm tired of the feeling as a nobody. I'm tired of being an outcast. How many of us feel like this woman? How many of us sometimes feel that's the way our life is? So many people today are in a, similar, in, in, in a similar state as this woman and want an easy way out of our problems. So many are willing to grasp at anything and everything that will get them out of their situation. Just tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. The only easy way out is through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. John 14 and verse 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Salvation is in no other name but the name of Jesus. And only Jesus satisfies. The woman says, give me this water that I will never come here again. Help me so that I don't have to deal with all of this. The world can't help. Nobody can help. And then Jesus turned to her and said, forget about that she's asking. He didn't forget about that, sorry, that she was asking for living water. He changes the subject on her. He knows what is in her heart. He knows her desire. He knows where she's hurting. And he turned to her and he says, go call your husband. What does, the, what does husband have to do with water? What does husband has to do with water? He says, go call your husband and come hither. Come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. I mean, maybe that's half of a truth. And Jesus said to her, to complete what she was saying, thou hast well said, I have no husband for the one that you have, thou has, has five husbands, and the one that you have is not even your husband. You see, Jesus did not ignore this woman's plea for water, the water that he has to offer, this eternal living water. No, he was confronting her with the truth about her life. Her most basic problem was her sin. He was, he was willing to forget about his own need. Remember he came? He says he must go to Samaria. He was willing to forget about his own need so that he can meet hers. 
You see, she was spiritually dead and only Jesus can offer her spiritual life. He had to confront her with her life. 1 Corinthians verse 2 and verse 14 says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And this woman could not understand. She wanted what he has to offer. Like many people today, like I said, they want the easy way out. Give me Jesus. Give me and everything will be okay. You see, we want, we want, we want to, to be delivered or to be set free from the things that holds us down and keep us back. Like this woman, she said, give me this water. And Jesus confronted her with the truth about her life. And that is what the gospel does, brothers and sisters. That's what the gospel does. Some people don't want to talk about their life. They don't want to talk about their things. They want Jesus. This is every, you know, come and everything will be okay. But don't confront them with the truth about their life. Some will say, I'm happy the way I am. And who are you to tell me how to live my life? For you to receive this free gift of salvation, you must be willing to face the truth about your life and your sin. And basically that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was willing to offer her eternal salvation. He was willing to offer her salvation. But he first must have to confront her with the truth about her life and her current state in which she lives. And so is everyone that comes to the knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You see, without confession, there is no assurance. You and I must be willing to confess our sin. Acknowledge that we are a sinner and that, that we need a Savior and that we cannot save ourselves. 1 John and verse one and verse, uh, chapter 1 and verse 9 says, if we confess our sin, that he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Your relationship starts with Jesus Christ and starts with confession. It starts with confession. Salvation is not only free, but there is a price for us to pay. And that price is that we must be willing to acknowledge that our sin before God. We must be willing to confess our sins. That's why the Bible says, if we confess, he is faithful. And just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You just can't have Jesus if you're not willing to confess. You can't have a relationship with Jesus if you're not willing to surrender your life. You see, Jesus brought her face to face with her current state and condition. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Bible said that he comes to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And he convicts you and me today and bring us to the knowledge of the truth. From husband, Jesus said, go call your husband. She says, I have none. He said, you have five, and the one that you live with is not even yours. But I love the response of the woman, you see. The woman said unto him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. She was willing now to change the subject from husband to a prophet. She turned the, the, the subject back to Jesus. And she says, I perceive that you are a prophet. For she called him sir. But now she's calling him a prophet. No, she's gone from sir to prophet. She's gone from, from husband and completely changing the subject. Forgetting about water. And now turning the conversation back to Jesus. How many times when people are confronted with the truth, they want to change the subject? 
especially when you confront them the truth about their life. They don't want to talk about it. And this is exactly what the woman was saying. She's saying, okay, if you can tell me that I have five husbands, now help me understand this. Hear what she says. Our father worship in this mountain and we, and we say that this is, Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So what she's saying to Jesus, are you saying that you are greater than men, the, the man who dug this well? So she said, not only that you are a prophet, and the way she, she, she perceived Jesus as being a prophet is basically going back to the five books of Moses because they think that, that yes, that the Messiah will come, that Moses will be the, maybe the, the prophet. In Deuteronomy 18 and verse 15, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you. Maybe that's what she remembers from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. Maybe she remembered these words from Deuteronomy because Samaritans only read the five books of Moses. So which prophet was she talking about? She didn't want to talk about her own life now. She wants to talk about something else. So as she changes the subject or focus, uh, focus away from her, her she focuses now to her ancestors to see if Jesus is willing to solve this old age controversy between the true place of worship. And he says, okay, you can tell me about my life. Now tell me where is the true place of worship. Our father worship in this mountain, that which means the Samaritan worship here. And with the mountain that she was talking about is Mount Gerizim. On top of Mount Gerizim, the Samaritans believe that they got to worship, that true worship, and, and that's where they worship. And Mount Gerizim is a, is a place where they ought to worship. And she said, but you, some say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. The Jews claim that Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And now she's saying to Jesus, help me understand the difference between these two places of worship. Have you ever talked to people before and they will say it doesn't matter which God you worship or which God you serve? Yes, it does matter. And, that's, and the, the woman was curious now where to worship. She's gone from living water. She's gone from who Jesus is. She moved away from her, confronting her with the truth. And now she says, tell me about worship. Doesn't that sound like people that you talk to sometimes? They really don't want to hear the truth about their life and being confronted with it. And so basically what she was saying to Jesus, help me solve this problem. But that wasn't her problem. But he will, he, will, he, will, he, will, he will help her understand that. And then he responded and Jesus said to the woman, Believe me, the hour cometh. Believe me, the hour cometh. What hour? He's talking about his death. The hour cometh where you shall neither worship in this mountain nor in Jerusalem. He says, you shall neither worship here nor there. And Jesus said, not only believe me that the hour cometh, when you shall neither in this mountain, and he's making it plain to her, not in Mount Gerizim, not even in Jerusalem, that is the place to worship the Father. You see, worship is no longer going to be about a place, what Jesus was saying there. It's not about a place anymore. It's not about Mount Gerizim or, Mount, or in Jerusalem. But worship is about who we worship. It's about the who and not about where. And that's what Jesus was saying to her. Not where. He says, you worship. You, you, you Samaritans worship and you know not, but we know what we worship, that he's talking about the, the Jews because that's how she, she saw him. And he, being Jewish, for salvation is of the Jews. And basically what he's saying, we Jews are the chosen people of God out of this Jewish nation. God is going to bring forth a son. And he is standing right here. That doesn't mean that every Jew is going to go to heaven. Is not what he was saying. Or every one of them is saved because of that. No. That's not what he was saying. He says that out of this nation, God is going to raise up someone 
that is going to that's going to bring true worship out of this nation this Jewish nation comes true worship of the true and living God Romans 9 and verse 4 and 5 says they are they are Israelites and to them belong the adoption the glory the covenant the giving of the law the worship and the promises let me read it again for you the Israelites and to them belong the adoption the glory the covenant the giving of the law the worship and the promises to them belong the patriarchs and from various according to the flesh is the Christ who is God overall blessed forever and ever amen this is Paul writing he says everything belongs to the Jewish people God was using them but it, it, the answer is not found in the Jewish people it's found in Jesus Christ and that's why Jesus said the answer is not in Mount, Mount Gerizim it's not found in a place or in a location it's about a person and then he turned to her and he said he continued that he says but the hour cometh and now is the hour cometh and now is when true worshiper who shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth and allow me spend some time here tonight it is not about where we worship brothers and sisters but who we worship like I said true worship is about knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior true worship is about knowing who God is and the only way you can know who God is and you can know who what true worship is is when you come into relationship with Jesus Christ when you surrender your life to him and that's what he was saying to this woman worship is about knowing the truth the truth is what will set you free free to worship true the true and living God which is Jesus Christ truth is about loving true worship is about loving true worship is about honoring true worship is about obeying true worship is about serving God from the heart it is not about a building and it's not about a place you see as believers as Christians we worship the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit we don't worship three God we worship one God God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit three in one we can only worship God when the Holy Spirit comes and quicken our dead spirit and makes us as alive other than that we don't know how to worship God it is only until the Holy Spirit quickens our heart makes it alive and brings a dead man to life and that's what the Bible says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God faith repentance and confession is what Jesus was talking to this woman about confess face the truth about your life repent of your sin and receive the gift of salvation that is true worship it's, when, it's until we come to the knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior and if you have never surrendered your life to Christ you do not know what true worship is if you have never given your heart over to Jesus Christ you do not know what true worship is it's only until the Holy Spirit convicts your heart and bring you to that place and you surrender your life and give it to Christ only then you have that knowledge of knowing what it means to worship God in spirit and in truth and then Paul will bear witness in 1st Corinthians 3 and 16 it's not about a place it's not about a building it's not about lights it's not about how fancy we can make it look but it's about a person and that person is Jesus Christ Paul says do you not know that you are God's temple and the God's spirit dwells in you that you are the temple of God and through you you will know how to worship true worship comes from every believer every child of God the woman said to him 
After hearing all of this, and he answered her question, the woman turned to him and said, I know the Messiah cometh. I mean, which Messiah was she talking about? Which is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. She knows that the Messiah will come, and he will tell us. She has faith to believe that one day God is going to provide a way for her and her people. That's what she believes. That one day a Messiah will come, and I know that that Messiah is going to call the Christ. Well, the word Messiah in the Old Testament is the word for Christ in the New Testament. It's basically that. And one day she said, the Messiah, which is called Christ, yes, he will come and tell us all things. We're waiting on that day. And the, the, the Messiah was standing right in front of her. She says, he will bring salvation to us all. I know that when he comes, there is hope. It's only until then, then hope comes. And we're in waiting period. We're waiting until he comes. And Jesus said, there is no more waiting to her. Messiah is here. Today is your day, woman. Today is the day of salvation. That is the reason why he had to go. Make known to her himself. The same is true to you that are listening today. Today is your day for, for, for salvation. Today is your day. Today is the day that you are hearing God's voice. In Hebrews 3 and verse 14 says, For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end as it reads. Today is your, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. For, for, who, we, for who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses rebel against God? But then the Bible says today is the day. Today is the day for salvation. Today is the day you surrender your life to Christ. Not tomorrow, not five years from now. And Jesus looked at her and said, I am that speak unto thee, I'm he. I'm the one that is speaking to you, I am he. I am the Christ, I am the Messiah. Here Jesus revealed his identity to this woman, an outcast, one that is rejected. Jesus came to save, the Bible said, came to save, to seek and to save that which is lost. No matter who you are, no matter where you have been, no matter what you have done, no matter what you have left undone, Jesus Christ died for you. He came to give his life for you and to give you more abundantly. He revealed himself to her. You see, salvation is only through Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ alone. There is no other way by which man can be saved. Only Jesus saves. Only Jesus satisfies. Only Jesus can set you free. And he that is Son, the Son of God, this gift of God, set free, the Bible says, the Word of God says, is free indeed. And that's what exactly happened to that woman. So in closing, we see the conversation with this woman is that it reinforces that Jesus is the Messiah which he confronts, he makes known to her. It demonstrates, demonstrates Jesus' love for all people, not only to the woman of Samaria. It is a demonstration of God's grace, God's love, and God's compassion. Demonstrates Jesus' love for all people. We're going to see that at the end. That the same very woman that Jesus spoke to, after he revealed himself to her, the Bible says that she left. She left. True worship can only come knowing Jesus as Lord. And in closing, I want to say this tonight, that you have heard God's word. You have heard everything that the Bible that, that the word of God said tonight and Jesus revealed, he says, that when, in the other verses, he would say that the woman left when the disciple came and she went back to her village and she said to them, come see a man that tells me everything about my life. 
And if we continue to read that story, we will know that the entire village came and heard Jesus because of this woman. Not only did she receive salvation, not only did she receive the Lord, not only that, but she became a, a disciple of Jesus Christ. She went back immediately and she went to tell others about the good news of the gospel. She went to tell others about this Jesus. She went and she shared her faith with her community and her village and those who reject her, she re went back to those people who turned their back against her. And then they also came to faith in Jesus Christ. You see, John said that, Jesus said that, I am not only the way, the truth, and the life, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the true vine. And that's what he is to us tonight. True worship can come only when you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. And that's exactly what the woman received. That's exactly what happened to the woman. So tonight I pray for everyone who heard the word of God tonight. And I pray that if you are at that place in your life where you're still trying to Decide whether you, you want to surrender your life to Christ. I will encourage you to pray and continue to seek God. That the material things of this world will never satisfy. And it's only Jesus that satisfies. He will change your life. Just like he did with the woman of Samaria. So I'll ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me tonight. And if you are here... And you are listening to the sound of my voice. I just want to say this tonight. That I will pray for you. For those of you who want to give your life to Christ. And surrender your heart. You heard the word. You heard the gospel. You heard the truth. That only you can only worship God in spirit and in truth. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ. And if you are that person tonight. I'm just going to. Pray that God, Holy Spirit, will continue to speak to your heart and you surrender your life to Christ and allow Him to be your Lord and your Savior. So, Father, we pray tonight for every life and every heart, everyone within the sound of my voice, not only that is, gonna hear, that, that is hearing my voice today, but every other day, God, I pray, Lord, that you will touch their lives and that you will speak to their heart. For those of that are like the woman of Samaria, Lord, that, are, that needs a Savior. Those that don't know you, God, I pray that they will surrender their life to you. They will confess, Lord God, that they need you. Pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to work in their life. Strengthen and, 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 and encourage their hearts wherever they are. Every life that prays that prayer. God, to, whether they're going to do it today or some other day. But surrender in their life to you. Just like this woman, God, I pray that you will continue to take their hands and guide their feet and lead them in the path of righteousness. Father, we give you thanks for your word. Give you thanks for everyone that listened. We just want to pray and thank you, Lord, for the power of your spirit will continue to move in the hearts and lives of men and women. And so we give you praise and give you thanks. In Jesus' name.